Welcome to Gospel Centered Pro Life. This is a podcast that deals with pro life issues in light of the gospel. In this episode, we're going to talk about what it means to be gospel centered in pro life. We hope these episodes bless you. Thank you for listening and stay tuned. I felt your passion, touched your heart. Well, this is the Gospel Centered Pro Life Podcast. This is a podcast ministry of Cities for Life. Uh, I'm the director, Daniel Parks, of Cities for Life here in Charlotte. And uh, this is our volunteer coordinator with Cities for Life here in Charlotte, Vicki Cassiorg. This podcast is basically designed not to promote Cities for Life, uh, but to share some of our experiences in the pro-life realm and with pro-life ministry, and to talk about pro-life issues in light of the gospel. That's really our heart. That's why it's called Gospel-Centered Pro-Life. We want to talk about pro-life issues, uh, the issue of abortion and the protection of the unborn in light of the gospel, and really what that means uh, to be pro-life and to be gospel-centered. And so just right off bat with the first podcast, we wanted to talk about really what that means, what it means to be pro-life and gospel-centered. Why, why is that different? Are we trying to make ourselves sound more spiritual? Are we trying to make ourselves sound better than other people because they're not gospel-centered, but we are? What, what's, what's the motivation behind this? We really want to talk about what it means to be gospel-centered and pro-life. Is it just, again, us to be super spiritual, or is there something uh, unique that we're trying to convey and something that really we think would benefit the church when we're talking about the issue of life. Um, so right off bat, Vicki, let's talk about that a little bit. What it means to be gospel-centered and pro-life. Let's talk about pro-life first. What does that mean, pro-life? Mm-hmm. Yeah, well, you know, that, that, that life is precious, that it is sacred, that it's of value and of intrinsic value um, and should be protected. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, and so from you know, my perspective, you just break down the word pro-life, pro, which is for, mm-hmm. in, in the positive, and then life, for life. Mm-hmm. We believe, and when we're talking about life, we're talking about human life. Mm-hmm. Obviously, every life is precious. God made all the creatures and all the animals. But in particular, He made human beings, and He made us special, and the Bible says He made us in His image. And so we're talking about pro-life, we're talking about we're for the protection of life, human life. Human life is not like animal life. It has an intrinsic value, like you said, mm-hmm. and a sacredness to it. Mm-hmm. And so it's important to be pro-life. As a matter of fact, I've said, actually, that I believe everyone is pro-life on some level, even mm-hmm. pro-abortion people who some staunchly oppose what we do and, and call us just terrible names. Yeah. Uh, but I believe that those people in some sense are pro-life. They would believe at some point a human life deserves to be protected. Mm-hmm. I think that we would just say, yeah, we, we should be pro-life and human life is precious, but we believe that there's no stage in which a human life, a unique human life, does not deserve to be protected. And that's right. kind of the pro-life thing. Right, right. And our nation is founded on the belief that life is sacred, is precious, is intrinsic, and, and, um, and is the essential first right before all other rights proceed. Yeah. So. Yeah. So we, we, we covered the pro-life thing, what it means mm-hmm. to be pro-life, and I'm sure that can go into... You know, big definitions, and there can be a lot of ins and outs of that, but I think people basically know what we're talking about when we're talking about being pro-life. But what about the gospel-centered uh, aspect that we're talking about? What does that mean, gospel-centered pro-life? And, you know, I'll share a little bit about my heart, but what's your heart on that 
that sort of yeah take. well you know I'm I'm um, I'm someone who loves the Lord and and my worldview proceeds from from that that is basic to everything that proceeds out of me and so um, God's word is clear that uh, human beings are made in the image of a holy God that life is sacred and um, and it is that which gives value to every human being and so if I am a um, a pro-life person with a gospel-centered focused um, life and gospel-centered orientation in everything I do then um, then my my feelings about life are going to reflect what God says about life and they really can't be separated uh, you know for for someone who is a believer I think um, the gospel has to be an inherent part of of everything we do as as pro-life advocates because um, because God says that God gives us the standard by which we determine um, the point at which life becomes sacred yeah um, which is the point of conception according to the bible yeah um and um you know and everything flows out of that 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 belief about god everything that that we encounter on the sidewalk i think has to proceed out of that and for me that's what a gospel focused pro-life ministry is all about yeah yeah and of course we'll mention a lot as we do our podcast even in this podcast about sidewalk counseling ministry that's what we do as a ministry in cities for life and and uh, it's what we deal with on a daily basis. When we're there in front of the abortion centers, we're there proclaiming the gospel. We're there certainly speaking about uh, the humanity of the baby and, and the resources that are available to a mom in need. But we're also sharing the gospel. And everything that we try to do is, is, is really gospel-centered, focused on what God says in His Word. Yeah. There, there's a lot in the pro-life realm when people talk about being pro-life and people say they're pro-life. A lot of times... What I encounter, what what you encounter, what you just encounter in general when you talk about pro-life stuff is people take it as a political issue. And mm-hmm. so they, they hear right away when you talk about pro-life, they might hear Republican. Mm-hmm. You know, I'm pro-life. Oh, so you're a Republican. Mm-hmm. And so that's why I think when we talk about being pro-life, when we talk about gospel-centered pro-life, that's what we're really saying. I think in one sense we're separating out the politics yeah. from abortion because at its root, because abortion is sin— at its root, any sin is rooted, of course, in selfishness and all that thing, all that that kind of stuff. And this sin of abortion is not really rooted in politics. It's been captured, I think, by by the devil and by uh, devious politicians to try to make it a political thing. And so I think when we're saying we're gospel-centered pro-life, we're separating from the political aspect. Doesn't mean that politicians can't do good stuff. They can. There can be gospel-centered you know, legislation, I guess, that... that uh, can can be enacted. However, we understand that it's not politicians that are going to end abortion. It's not politicians that are going to be saving babies on a day-to-day basis. It's God doing it, and it's through the proclamation of the gospel. Mm-hmm. And, you know, of course, our heart is we don't want to get away from that. Mm-hmm. We don't want to get away from the gospel-centered you know, approach to sidewalk counseling or the gospel-centered approach to talking about the issue of abortion. Like when we're having a, a debate or a conversation with somebody about abortion. God in His Word is is always going to come up because, like you said, it's it's central to who we are. We are Christians. Right. We have had an encounter uh, with God through His gospel that has changed our hearts. 
And like the apostle says, we can't help. This is in the book of Acts where they were told not to speak in the name of Jesus. Said, we can't help but speak the things that exactly. we've seen and that we've heard. Yeah. Yeah. And so we're talking about the, the, the issue of life and the protection of human life. The gospel and God's truth and God's word is going to really come to play in that. Mm-hmm. And of course, when we're talking about gospel-centered, what we're talking about is we're talking about a biblical understanding of pro-life uh, issues. And, you know, there are, you know, there's organizations out there. I know there's some, some organizations that are really taking a secular approach to the issue of life. There's even an organization, Secular Pro-Life, that, that comes at it from a secular perspective. Mm-hmm. And, you know, of course, when you look at just the science behind life in the womb and behind abortion, even from a secular perspective, there's no denying that abortion is destroying a human life. That's right. That's right. And from the moment of conception is the only logical drawing line, medically, scientifically as well. And if you you don't have um, God, though, at at the center, I think it becomes easier to rationalize um, and to point out terrible circumstances that somehow then change the value of life. Um, the value of life becomes relative, so um, I think a gospel-oriented approach is, is um, more absolute. Life is precious, period. Human life is precious, and innocent human life should be protected at, at all costs. Yeah, yeah, because I, mean, I think we run the risk when we, when we back away or abandon what God's Word says and the need as believers to look at what God's Word says and base our beliefs on that yeah. is we kind of run into this trap of we end up having to agree with the world and the world's persuasion when we abandon the foundation yeah. of the truth of God's Word. And sadly, there are a lot of believers, uh, not just in pro-life uh, circles, but just in general, especially in, a, in America, that kind of abandon the gospel-focused uh, approach to ministry. Really, I would say if you're not focused on the gospel and the gospel is not your main driving force, you're not really doing ministry. It's more like mm-hmm. a business or mm-hmm. you know just some humanitarian effort. Humanitarian efforts aren't bad. They're good. But our humanitarian efforts have to flow out of God's love put in our hearts and our desire to promote His, his gospel. Yeah. Because it can become human-centered. It can become humanistic. I know we had mm-hmm. talked about that before, but mm-hmm. kind of like a humanistic approach to pro-life stuff and saving babies. Mm-hmm. What's, what's your take on kind of the, the humanistic approach there? Well, again, God is, is not an integral part of it. It doesn't, you can, a humanistic approach would, uh, would recognize, okay, the logical starting place of life. The American College of Pediatrics says at the point of conception, there is human life and that human life develops and, um, and all the names, the, um, the zygote, the fetus, um, all, all of those are just different stages of development, but they're all human beings. Um, and, um, and, you know, and, and then when the baby's born, you have still a human being just more developed. And you can certainly, you can make a case, excuse me, for the value of that little human being from the moment of conception. But, um, but I think you run into trouble from a humanistic point of view when the, um, an equally valuable human being, the mom, has um, issues that make her feel that this human being inside of her um, is impeding her own safety, happiness, whatever. And, and I think that's where a humanistic view is going to struggle. Yeah. And a gospel 
um, focused view um, is is going to point to something um, much more uh, important than our humanistic values or standards or limited um, ability to um, to kind of perceive the whole picture, we're going to look to an absolute standard of the value of life as determined by a holy God. And it is unchanging, and our circumstances are not going to change the value of that life because God doesn't put restrictions on commands like thou shalt not murder. Yeah. Thou shalt not murder, whether your circumstances are good or bad, whether you're rich or poor. And that child is of value because, again, He's made in the image of a holy God. And I think if you can keep going back to a biblical standard, um, you, you're on solid a solid foundation, which the Bible says also. You're not on sinking sand that's going to change dependent on circumstances or, um, or feelings. Yeah, yeah. I mean, we've got a lot in our modern society, a lot of people that are driven to do a lot of good things, but based on just feelings. Mm-hmm. And from our uh, experience in, in the realm of ministry that we're called to and that we function in on the sidewalks in front of an abortion clinic, if we do what we do based on feelings, it can be devastating. Mm-hmm. You know, just today we had um, a mom who just yesterday had chosen life, yeah. and uh, she was farther along than, than most of the moms that we encountered. She was almost 16 weeks along and at that point, and she'd actually gotten an ultrasound on board a uh, mobile ultrasound unit with a partner ministry of ours, Help Pregnancy Center, and chose life from what we understood. We, we helped to s- help her to see all of the needs that she had could be met with resources and things like that, and poured into her, and the sidewalk counselor, Angela, had poured into her and, and just you know, really connected with her, and we thought that was a solid choice for life. And then she came back today, yeah. apparently, to, to, to kill that baby. Her feelings had changed, and kind of, a, you know, the opposite happened today on, on the sidewalk, where a young woman, very overwhelmed and, um, and very certain that she needed to kill her baby, almost the same age. This is a, a big baby, fully developed. Yeah. Um, and uh, and she, she agreed to go on the mobile ultrasound unit, um, and her feelings changed when she saw the baby on the ultrasound, um, and when she heard about the resources and and, um, and the gospel. But the point is that feelings can, her feelings led her to that abortion center, and then an hour later, her feelings led her to believe that this child was of value. So feelings are going to yeah. shift and change, and there just has to be, um, again, there, something that is permanent, yeah. that is lasting, that will endure. Feelings won't. Circumstances will change. So, yeah. so what can we rely on that is unchanging? Yeah. And you know, I'm, I I know the gospel was presented to the woman yesterday. Yeah. Um, but um, and I think that there is a higher likelihood a woman is going to stay firm yeah. in her choice for life when when the gospel is presented. But yeah, of course. I mean, if she yields her life to Jesus, then obviously she's not gonna not gonna have the abortion. Right. Um, even from our perspective, you know, from the the woman's perspective, you know, the feelings change. But even from our perspective, and even maybe even in a political realm. You know, when, when politicians, their feelings change, and there's always shifting. Yeah. And one politician might say that abortion is wrong, and then, you know, 
year, years later say that abortion is right because it's more expedient for them and their feelings change on this issue. And, yeah. and even yeah. with, you know, out there on, the, on kind of the street level out at the abortion center, you know, we're, we're out there because God's word says we should be. If we're only out there because we feel like we want to be a help to these moms or even to these babies or whatever, that's one of the things that we, we warn our, our volunteers against is you can't be out here based on just emotion alone. Certainly emotions, God can use those to draw us to do the right thing. Guilt can be a good tool to get us out there, but it can't sustain us out there on the sidewalk. And so we have to be motivated by what God's Word says. First, like we say, a love for God first, not even a love for that baby first. It's got to be a love for God first. And our focus is on Him, and our focus is on advancing His kingdom, not our ministry. You know, we, we can get in this mentality of we're trying to advance our ministry, and then we get things out of whack, you know. Yeah. But really, our emotions can shift, our circumstances can change. And society can shift, and society can change its opinion of the value of life. But God's Word doesn't change. Yeah. You know, the yeah. Scripture says, the heavens and earth can pass away, but my Word remains. And that's why we come from a, a gospel-centered uh, perspective, a biblical perspective on anything that we, right. we talk about. Right, and that's such a good point because a humanistic um, approach, I, I think it would be very easy to be discouraged. You've, you've presented all of this medical evidence. You know the science behind human development. You know that baby is a baby, is a human being from the moment of conception. And if, if you're out there thinking, okay, if I just present enough facts then um, logically everyone will choose life. Well, we know that doesn't happen. Yeah. That doesn't happen because we're not just rational beings. We're, we're spiritual yeah. beings as well. And emotional and, beings. Yeah. And, and, yeah, and emotional and, uh, you know, and, and so when, when you're coming from a gospel perspective, just like you said, we're not there primarily to save babies. I mean, we are. That's the focus of our ministry on, on one, in one, you know, aspect. But we are primarily out there because God, has commanded us to be out there. He has said that we are to be a voice for those who can't speak for themselves. And so we have the victory by being on that sidewalk. We have done what God has asked us to do. And then we use that that time out there to the best of our ability and with the grace of God, hopefully bear fruit. But um, but our, our goal is to be obedient to God and let him be responsible then for what happens, yeah, what the results yeah. are. Yeah, I mean, that's uh, you know kind of one of the dynamics that, that we can deal with nationally on a political level or just, again, on a street level is that, yeah, we can do certain things. You know, man plans mm-hmm. his step, his steps, but the Lord, how's uh, that passage go? Man plans his step, but the Lord makes the directs way. Directs his path. D- directs his path. I think, yeah. Yeah, we, yeah, we should know that, shouldn't we? So we, we plan our steps. We do the things that we know best to do. But ultimately, the results are up to the Lord, between the Lord and the person. So we can't, as much as we don't take responsibility when a baby is saved or mm-hmm. when some political victory takes place, I mean, certainly there's a lot of stuff going on in our nation now, and there's yeah. some political victories and defeats. And, and on yeah. later podcasts, we'll talk more about some of the politics and, and how we view the politics of abortion in light of the gospel and all of that. But even in those realms and on the street level, we can't take credit for when a mom chooses life, when a right. victory is wrought. We, we give the glory to God because it's His work, it's His Spirit at work in the hearts of, of the moms. Yeah. And even 
when a mom decides to go into the abortion clinic right. and, and to have that abortion. We can't take responsibility for that because I know one thing that, that can happen is we can let our, our flesh and the devil beat us up mm-hmm. and think, well, you should have said this. Mm-hmm. You didn't say that. I, I spoke with Angela. We, we texted a little bit this morning yeah. about this mom who came back, and she yeah. was like, you know, I shouldn't be doing it, but I'm beating myself yeah. up. Yeah, like should what have else said could this. I have said? Yeah, what else yeah. could I have said? Yeah. And, and so my encouragement is always, I was encouraging another volunteer, who stopped a mom who a mom stopped and she talked to her on her way into the abortion center and just poured everything out to her that she could possibly think they poured out to this mom and she still went in there yeah. and she said, I feel like I should have said this. I said, listen, you can't do that because you can always say something better. You could always deliver it at a, at a more opportune time or whatever. You can, it's like your flesh is never satisfied. You could always do better. Okay, fine. But you can never say something that is always going to change someone's mind because you don't know their circumstances. Right. What you are responsible to do is to deliver the mail. Just deliver the truth, and they are responsible to receive that truth and to do with that truth what they what they should. Yeah, you know, well, the results look, are up to look the Lord. Look at, at what God said to Moses. You know, He sends him to go speak to Pharaoh, and and Moses says, "But I can't. I, I'm a man of." stuttering lips. Why? You think about that. Why would God, of all the people he could have chosen, surely there was someone who was eloquent. Yeah. But he didn't. He chose a stutterer to deliver his message. And I and the Bible says when we are weak, he is strong. And so I think, again, it, it is freeing in a gospel-centered pro, pro-life ministry. It is freeing to all of those who labor it, with, with that in mind because it truly is what what we need to say and do, God will empower us, and then everything else is is up to Him, yeah. not to us. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Again, we're responsible for just the delivery of of the mail, so to speak. And, yeah. And people are responsible for whether or not they open it, right. and what they do with it when they do open right. it. You know, yeah. God told Ezekiel, and He sent them to the children of He sent Ezekiel to the children of Israel as a prophet, and He said basically, if you don't warn them, their blood will be on your head. Mm-hmm. But if you warn them and they don't obey, their blood is on their head. So we're responsible to warn people of the consequences of abortion and to, to, to offer them the alternatives to abortion and, and life-affirming uh, options and all that stuff. We're responsible to do that and deliver that mail, so to speak. But what they do with it is up to them. And we, yeah. you know, As much as we're told yeah. that we try to control women's bodies with what we talk about as far yeah. as convincing people not to have abortions. We literally don't have control over women's bodies. Yeah. <laughs> we don't yeah. or else, you know, abortion <laughs> wouldn't, wouldn't exist because we're opposed to it. Yeah. Um, so it's kind of that dynamic of us. We, we can't take responsibility for the results either way. As long as we're faithful to, to deliver right. the truth of God's word. Right. right? And that's yeah. what we, course ought to do as Christians in every realm that we're involved in. Exactly and I and I think um, for me one of the the strongest indicators of of that that's the way to go yeah. is um, when uh, almost every time a woman pulls up and I go through whatever talking with her but when I when I offer the the question what would God have you do it almost always causes tears yeah even in people who say they don't necessarily know God because that we are spiritual beings and we all do know because God has written it on our heart and all creation declares the glory of God we know right from wrong God has yeah. shown us very clearly 
And um, I think it's, a, it, it's, it's, you know, it's a very telling question. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, one of the things that I'd share with you that, that I kind of said is my fail-safe uh, pro-life argument to a mom at an abortion clinic and it's a very simple argument. I mm-hmm. guess you could, it's not really an argument. You're pleading a case. You're doing what Proverbs 31, verses 8 and 9 says. Open your mouth for the speechless and the cause right. of all who are appointed right. to die. Open your mouth, judge righteously, and plead the cause of the poor and needy. Mm-hmm. It's basically to ask them the question, do you believe that there's a God? Mm-hmm. And, and the majority, especially here in the South, right. the majority are going to say, I believe that there's a God. Okay. Do you believe that God loves every person? Mm-hmm. Yeah. I believe God loves every person. And then you make the question more personal. Do you believe God loves you? Mm-hmm. Yes. I mean, most people are going to say, oh, yeah. And they probably, you know, you're so obviously grateful that God does love them and smiling. Yeah, God loves me. And then you ask the question, well, when did God begin to love you? And I did this just last Saturday. I was talking to a young lady who came with a friend and she was trying to justify the abortion of her friend and, and saying, you know, I don't exactly agree, but she's in a difficult situation. And I asked her that question. You believe there's a God? Yeah. yeah. You believe that God loves every person? Yeah. Do you believe that God loves you? Yeah. And then I asked the question, when did God begin to love you? And it didn't take, it was a split second before she responded with, well, but I, I know, but, you know, so she, she, puts she, she that, knew where you were going. Exactly. She knew <laughs> yeah. where I was going. And so, so I responded with, well, you can't put your butt in the way of what God's truth says. What mm-hmm. does God's truth, what does his word say about human beings, about human life? Mm-hmm. Does he love every person from the moment that they become a person at the moment of conception or does he not? And if, if, if he doesn't love that baby, before that baby is born, like he loved you before you were born, why? What what does that baby possess that that you don't, or what does that baby not possess that you do? And so, yeah. what you're doing is you're basically showing them that they have separated themselves as as better than this other person. Right. And it brings it kind of brings it home, and you know it, it starts the wheels turning. But that whole argument, that whole you know, idea comes right out of God's word. I'm going right to what God says. And I'm starting with the premise that there's a God. Because mm-hmm. I actually believe, I don't, you know, there's there's a book Ray Comfort wrote, I think, uh, some years back called uh, God Doesn't Believe in Atheists. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and I believe God's word is, is pretty plain about this, that there really are no atheists. There are people that, you know, that believe that there's no God in some sense, but it's almost an emotional thing. Mm-hmm. And it's almost like they do, they believe in order, they, they disbelieve in God in order to satisfy their conscience. The fact is, every person knows that they have a creator and that they're responsible to that creator. You yeah. know? And that's yeah. really, really the foundation, I guess, of a gospel-centered approach is that there is a God and that he has certain truths and a certain appeal in his word that he calls you to. He calls you to acknowledge your sin, to turn from your sin, and to put your trust and the work that Jesus Christ did in his death, his burial, and his resurrection. And that's yeah, really and a gospel-centered approach. That's right. And it's so, you know, we, we've heard how many millions of just really horrific stories. There are horrific situations that these these women are often in. And, um, and if you go to a gospel-centered approach like that, where you know the foundational truths of what God says about the sanctity of human life, then... That's the issue, and yeah. that's where you can keep coming, bringing them back instead of all those rabbit trails of their terrible circumstances. And you, as, as Christians, I think we should meet those um, as as well as we're able. That we should at least address and um, and try to provide resources to help them through those um, those dire needs. But 
the issue is not the circumstances. The issue is, is life precious or is it not before a holy God? Yeah. And are you going to rebel against him or decide to follow him? Yeah. Yeah, and we're talking about gospel, a gospel-centered approach, and we're talking about you know a gospel-centered approach to sidewalk counseling or or whatever political realm of gospel-centered approach to doing a pregnancy center or whatever. Mm-hmm. We're not talking about shoving the gospel down somebody's throat. Right. We're not talking about mm-hmm. accept Jesus or we're not going to help you or you know anything like that. Exactly. But we're talking about that. That's our our main motivation, mm-hmm. and why we're out there is to advance God's kingdom through the proclamation of the gospel. And we're talking about that's kind of what we're always going to come back to. You know, when we do, as a ministry, we do baby showers. Other ministries do do different things to help women in need, and we should. But we're always going to say, well, this is because of what God has done for us. Mm-hmm. And he's done the same for you. If you'll turn to him, he'll rescue and he'll save you from your sin. Because at the foundation of the issues that, that all of the ills of society, the issues that we face are at their foundation, uh, it, the issues spring out of sin. The problem right. is sin. Yeah. The problem being sin. The problem with abortion. It's not a. It's not a political issue. It's a sin issue. It's mm-hmm. a spiritual issue, mm-hmm. and it's rooted in sin. It's rooted in selfishness. The solution for the issue of abortion and any other of the ills of society, abortion being one of the worst, right. if not the worst, yeah. issue that we face in society, uh, it's rooted in sin. And the solution is. Jesus Christ, his gospel, his death, his burial, and his resurrection. Right, right. And it's not that we're trying to shove our beliefs on someone. It's that we know this is truth. This is truth. Yeah. And this is what is going to change. Uh, the The politicians can change all the laws in the world. And it's, it's not going to affect abortion unless there's a true change in the heart of, of the people. Because there will always be desperate women thinking that, killing their child is is what's going to solve their issues unless they recognize that there's something far more important than their uh than their circumstances or their um their ease and comfort in their life at that moment yeah yeah so yeah that's a little bit of our heart that's our you this is our first podcast episode to try to give an understanding of those who would be listening and, and watching um where we're coming from why gospel-centered pro-life what are we are we trying to make ourselves again more spiritual or whatever Mm -hmm. no we're trying to say that our approach to anything any subject that we deal with has to be founded in god's word and our desire has to always be to promote the gospel of jesus in a loving and gracious way but also in a forthright and truthful way and we believe that if we want abortion to end in this country and around the world the gospel has to take root in a society in order for abortion and these evils to end So we appreciate all those who listen. Um, You can check us out as a ministry on charlotte.citiesforlife.org and go on Facebook uh, at Cities for Life Charlotte. Um, And uh, we'd love to connect with you. And God bless. Give me an outlet for love. Give me an outlet for gratitude. Nothing's too precious since I met you